Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. I'm working at- An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everybody. Chuck Bonnie and Julie Hayden here on a beautiful day here in Colorado on a Friday, party Friday. Party right? Friday. Party Friday. <laughs> and we're brought to you by, as always, AmericaCitizenPress.com, great conservative website, and Denver Cenogenics and Dr. Julie McAllen. So everything is going just dandy for Republicans, generally speaking, across the country. I'm not sure that's true in Colorado, but certainly across the country, as the Democrats begin to panic about the Virginia gubernatorial election, uh, the Fox poll, which is usually Democratic sympathetic, shows Youngkin up eight points, others show it uh, neck and neck. Uh, but it'll be all, all Tuesday, and, and they're really pulling out all the stuff, don't they, Julie? Yeah, they are. You know, th- this is sort of the focus of today's show. So for the past four years, the Democrats and their media co-conspirators have basically been promoting lies as truth and truth as lies. For instance, truth is lies, Hunter Biden laptop. Um, the, Russian information. Yeah, I mean, and, well, that was the lie that they reported right. as truth. I mean, right. all of these things, and it's going on yet today. I don't know if you've seen, so Terry McAuliffe um, was his campaign and MSNBC were joyously tweeting these pictures of these guys who showed up at a Yunkin campaign stop um, and said, hey, we're all in for Glenn. Um, and they were dressed as white supremacists from the Charlotte um, thing in 2018. And they said, oh, this proves Yunkins are racist. These are his supporters. Well, it turns out they weren't his supporters at all. They were actually with the Virginia Democrat Party. So they were Democrats disguised as racists. Holding the sunglasses and hats of right. their identities, but people were able to figure so out who when, they were. And, and another one, and this is the one we're going to be largely talking about today, is um, the insurrection. I'm going to start calling it the insurrection host, hoax. I've been doing a lot of research oh, on a it. False flag. I, I mean, it's it's just yeah. I, I mean, the more you look into this, okay, the more that happens. Uh, the more that it appears, January 6th, Sandra, yeah, January 6th, the insurrection hoax, the more it appears that there were a lot of FBI agents and assets on the ground. Now, I've covered a lot of big events like that. And, you know, Chuck, it's not unusual to have undercover officers on scene keeping an eye on things. But what it appears these guys were doing, these, this is, uh, there's clearly evidence it's beginning to show, they were, they were actually FBI agents and assets or confidential informants who were actually in Instigating things and trying to make things worse. Now, well, you, well you're talking about in, in the former case, usually lo- local law enforcement. Right. They're there and so forth. But the FBI has a tradition for since back in the 60s and the Ku Klux Klan ones of putting people in who are not just observing, right. but they were usually engaged in most of the criminal actions and were instigating them. And, and they're 
I think Glenn Greenwald has a list of 20 of those where that right. all happened. Right. And there, and I would refer you because Revolver.News has done a great job of covering this by going through all the, all the warrants. And I'll get into some of the specifics, but you know, here's, if, if we had any doubt that we were right, um, it's not been, I don't know what, settled because the mainstream media is freaking out over Tucker Carlson's show coming up on Monday on Fox Nation, um, a three-part series documentary where he talks about essentially what was really going on on January 6th and what was the role of the feds. We've got um, this week, uh, Congressman uh, Representative Massey Massey. is asking Garland, how many feds were there? I mean, I can't tell you. you. And, you know, what was their role? Can't tell you that either. So we're going to outline it for you because I think it is so important because soon, very soon, this is going to go the way of questioning the vaccine. It's going to go the way of ivermectin. It's going to go the way of the election. It's going to be banned anytime any try anybody tries to talk about it it's going to be banned now this is from sandra i agree with you i'm also concerned about the people they have in dc gitmo whoever is in control exactly is not letting um attorney republicans in to see them right because every time they do sandra what happens is new information comes out as these criminal cases make their way through the court system in the discovery process and yet they're like well that was an fbi agent well that was an fbi agent i mean well, it's- it all happened in michigan and the so-called militia thing to kidnap uh, Governor Whitmer. And it turns out 12 of the 16 uh, defendants were actually FBI agents and or assets. Um, assets. And they have proof that they got people to try to lie to go to frame and uh, this... people. And the main agent behind it was arrested because he beat up his wife when she wouldn't uh, cooperate in a swingers party that he went to with her. But even as important as that, the main, the guy who was running the field office in the Whitmer case, right, was an agent by the name of Stephen D'Antuano. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right. Well, guess what? Shortly after that went down, they moved him right before January 6th. They moved him to Washington, D.C. to run things there. So he was there for what I'm now calling, as I said, the insurrection host. We want to play a bunch of sound. Tucker Carlson has also, like I said, he's got this Monday uh, series coming out. Um, we're which, gonna have to actually get Fox. Nation yeah, I know we're gonna have to subscribe to Fox Nation. Um, but but he's been asking, as a lot of conservative journalists, I um, mean, I don't know that he'd call himself that, but have been asking a lot of questions about what was the Fed's role. So Thomas, this was before when some of the video came out um, about what actually happened at the Capitol on that day. So if we could please play the Tucker on Fed's video, Tom. Showing a squad of people dressed in all black, systematically entering the Capitol and kicking open one of the exterior doors on the Senate side. These people appear to be well-trained and coordinated. They're not high in hallucinogenic mushrooms. The question is, who are they? And why don't we know their names? And why aren't they dressed like any of the other people in the footage that was just released? Remember, we are attacked for saying this, but we've already been vindicated for it. We still don't know how many federal agents were involved in the events that day on January 6th, but we have very good reason to believe from court documents that it's a significant number. And here's one clue. At a recent rally in Washington, the feds managed to arrest one of their own undercover agents. There were so many feds at the event that they lost track of each other and arrested one of them. So we ask once again, How many federal agents were there on January 6th? 
and what was their role. And we're going to get into that here in a second, too. But again, you know he's over the target because the left-wing media, their heads are exploding oh, over this. Wild. And the other, the other documentary, if you want to call it that, that was put together was by George Stephanopoulos of ABC News called Out of the Shadows, in which they've run segments of it. Um, and you can get the whole thing online, uh, hour plus thing. And it, it deals with resuscitating steel. Christopher uh, Steele steel from the Russia hoax. The Russia hoax. And resuscitating the, the, uh, the dossier, which everyone is, it, it, one, it reads like it's just barroom gossip. Two, it is barroom gossip. And three, it's fraudulent. Right. And yet that doesn't stop ABC. And there has been some calls for George Stephanopoulos to apologize or whatever. But right. I mean, it's just, it's just a whole hour of garbage about the dossier. Well, it may not all be true, but you know. But we're still going to report on report, it too. You know, Cohn was in, in Prague. Sure he was. Oh, oh. okay. There's, it's, it's show that it was, he wasn't in Prague. He said he wasn't in Prague. His passport proves he wasn't they in Prague. They had the wrong guy. They had a, they had a, they had a different yeah, Cohn, Michael they'd, Cohn. Well, they'd gotten that from, you know, help from the, from the CIA or right. whoever else. Well, and and so, was, but they can be, oh, no, it still could be true. Right. Well, and, and I agree with Sandra, who just said the January 6th commission is a farce. Of course it's a farce. Um, because they have to protect their lives. The trouble is their lives are falling apart. That what they were in um, a CNN discussion, they kind of let I think let the cat out of the bag. They were blasting Tucker Carlson for quote rewriting the script. And see, that's exactly what it is, guys. It's just a script. It's not the truth. They wrote it. The the Democrat operatives wrote it. The media co-conspirators played it. Um, they, they had big tech crack down on anyone, including us, who called any head, who raised any kind of questions about it, because you had to follow, not the truth, but their script. Um, and the fact that they are freaking out so much, you're over the target. So Thomas, let me play a little clip, play a little clip of the uh, CNN meltdown, if we could, please. When, when Fox's primetime host is going into full conspiracy theories, a rewriting of history around January 6th, this is recent history. And rewriting history is something typically, oh, I don't know, communist regimes engage in. Um, it's a very dangerous use of that power in that pulpit. And it's part of a piece because there's an overall effort to rewrite history that we've seen members of Congress indulge in, and certainly Donald Trump with his repeated lies that the real insurrection was on Election Day, not January 6th. They are now party to this. They are responsible for this. And while the, the direct responsibility may fall on Tucker Carlson, the larger responsibility does fall on the people who own the company, people who run, run the company. And many of them may view this as, look, well, that's not me. This is a business decision. And you can say that's the height of cynicism, which it is. But it's something worse because you're dealing with incredibly dangerous stuff with our democracy. And so it's not only on Murdoch to say, what's too far? What's the line? Stop rationalizing this as a business decision to play to a niche constituency that's being eaten at itself by the far right. What's too far for people like Paul Ryan, who said he cried? Who's on the board? Who's on the board, excuse me. That's an important to, to point out. Um, because it is a question of what is too far. Where do you draw the line? If that line doesn't exist, then you're complicit. It seems like it's the point, right? He's not allowing This is the point. The hate and the anger and the lies are the point. Why does Rupert Murdoch, want to destroy America. The, addic the anger and the anxiety is the point from getting a repeat audience perspective. That's one of the things the Facebook files has shown us, and I think we've seen engaging it happening over a long period of time. 
To appeal to a narrow but intense niche audience, you need to keep them addicted to anger, anxiety, and resentment. That has, to a large extent, been the biggest place. Now, that's put aside the joke that that, that CNN is complaining about trying to promote anger and anxiety over and over again. I mean, let's not even go there. That is pretty funny. But I I know, it's kind of like, they have so no self-awareness. But I want to go over some, because I've been doing some research, um, some of the facts, okay? And this is facts from court documents in terms of, is this a lie? Because it's clearly not a lie. We have the New York Times article in September, on September, I think it was the 25th, quoting sources and documents. Um, and they did this, it came, I mean, they, they were trying to put a spin on it, but they were basically saying that a proud boy informant was texting in real time with his FBI handler all during this January 6th stuff, okay? He was probably a foot away from them. Well, yeah, and, and well, I mean, when they use the word informant, yeah. I, I mean... That's somebody who's actively working with the FBI. Okay, so they were, they had the FBI informant who's texting. He started working for the FBI back in July. So now you got to wonder: Was he? Why would a proud boy guy suddenly become an informant? My suspicion. I mean, sometimes you get arrested for a crime, and they say, you know, tell us who your drug dealer is, and we'll let you plea bargain. But the, the proud boy, there was no indication this guy had a criminal background, and why, indeed, if he did, would they want to go after the proud boys? My well, 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 let me just finish. My suspicion is they inserted him at that point, that this wasn't somebody who was already a Proud Boy member who felt bad about what was going on and decided to try to get justice or truth or something like that. This was an FBI agent or asset, I think, planted with the Proud Boys back in July and who was with it and along the whole way texting the FBI handler. You can also put aside the questions of, well, like, why didn't the FBI do something more about it? Why didn't they call the Capitol Police? And again, because they didn't want to. We've seen the video of the police letting people in, right? And letting them in and people just wandering around. Well, they had one of the Oath Keepers, and, and you can look this up on the internet. I didn't bring it with us for this thing, but he, he, he uh, instructs how they tried to get in. They went to his door. They said, we want to talk to you about this. And why don't you become one of us? And he refused to do it. A couple of weeks later, he was arrested for the January 6th riot. Right. So, I mean, you know, how they induced him to do it um, by hook or by crook, and usually FBI does thing by crook. Um, it's 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 incredible. Well, it's clear, and it, so then, okay, so we we have the New York Times itself acknowledging that there was at least one FBI informant, and in their own documents, they say there was evidence that there was at least another, and they acknowledge that there probably were many more. Okay, now we know there were other informants who were there because there was a DEA agent who was off duty who was arrested. Okay, and he said he was there at the request of his friend who was an FBI uh, informant, informant, and okay. who was another. FBI informant, and he wanted him to help him take pictures and stuff like that, right? So we got, you know, several now we have these FBI informants. Then the other thing is some 600 people were arrested on a variety of crimes, all of which, of course, there's no evidence of guns. Nobody, they didn't kill anyone. All of that stuff is just garbage. Oh, they got killed or one did. One, Ashley. But what we do know from looking through the court documents and again, I'll refer you to Revolver.News has done a great job if you want to really get into the weeds on this. But there are 20-some people who are unindicted co-conspirators. Now, at the beginning of this, the mainstream media was trying to say, oh, they're unindicted co-conspirators oh, because they're working on plea bargains. Well, that's not how it works. You don't, you don't plea bargain before you're indicted. Then they, then they cite some vague rule, which would be wrote, run over in a half second and say, well, you can't call them unindicted co-conspirators because they can't be conspirators 
because they're working for the FBI. Oh, BS. Right, right. And they can they can call them anything they want to, and the, there are no rules for the FBI. No, no, well, no, not anymore. So what we have though is some some six hundred people were arrested. You know, the FBI raiding their homes in the middle of the night, going to right? Alaska, all the, this kind of the, hitting the them, Department yeah. of Justice called the shock and awe campaign. Well, the right. shock and awe was used against Saddam Hussein in the invasion of Iraq, where they just slaughtered hundreds of thousands of people, uh, maybe for a good cause, but but uh, we're doing shock and awe. An American citizen? Well, because it's all, again, part of the script that Tucker Carlson is trying to rewrite with the truth. But of this, so then there are 20 people who are mentioned in the court documents, and they don't give their names as person one, person two, who were clearly, when you read through it, even more aggressive. They were the ones who were saying, hey, you know, remember, we got to be ready for action. And they were the ones who were organizing things. And yet they were at least, and in many cases, more aggressive, more insurrectiony than the people who were arrested, raising the question, why weren't they arrested? Well, I can tell you from years of covering this stuff, they're not arrested because they're either FBI agents or they're confidential informants. So you can't, you can't arrest your confidential informant or your FBI agent. If well, of course you can, but then you have to figure out ways to get them you out. You have to get it. ways to get them out. Exactly. And um, they do. I mean, in Glendale, you know, he's got, he got arrested and they had to figure a way to get him out. Well, and they make a big deal about it. So the Proud Boys, the guy who was the founder of the Proud Boys, uh, um, Enrico Tario, and another big guy in the, in the uh, Proud Boys, jo- Joseph Biggs, they have been longtime FBI informants. Okay, so so he's an FBI informant. And coincidentally, Tario was prohibited by a judge on January 5th from being in Washington, D.C. I mean, oh, they really? did, yeah, I mean, you got to. So we know that there are informants in these organizations. We know that, again, there were there were a couple dozen people who were instigators of things that happened that day who weren't arrested and people who committed lesser offenses, right, right, were were arrested. So again, there's only one reason that they were not arrested and that's because they were people and working with the FBI. And so that that takes us to some events of this week where Representative Thomas Massey out of Kentucky did a great job grilling Merrick Garland on that. He pointed out that there was some guy by the name of Ray Epps um, who was instigating things? And he he was well known of, of being one of the one of the early members of the Oath Keepers and was the uh, Arizona chapter president. Um, so if people go, well, you know, FBI informants don't use their real names. Well, if you're well known, you can't use another name. You have if everybody to use everybody it. knows who you are. You can't. Oh, I'm not Ray Epps. I'm, I'm Bob Johnson. Yeah, that's it. And he played this videotape. Um, and I think we'll and we'll play it. Not I think I know we'll play it for you here too. But but you just watch what this guy is doing, and then watch with the crowd. The crowd calls him out at the end. So Thomas, if we could play the Epps video, please. I know. In fact, tomorrow, say it. We need to go in to the Capitol. Let's go! I better put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail for it. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. And then there's 
there's more videotape, but but they show him later at the barricades. He's having a conversation with the guy. They turn around and they back away, and then they breach the barricade, right? Well, the guy had a long, extensive criminal history, um, and he obviously was um, either a, a stooge for the for the people or or a willing um, a participant. But he had a long criminal record. He helped bake down the barricade. He's over other places putting so- huge signs of carrying and putting them over the police. Oh, yeah. Uh, and- I mean, that, that if, if a crowd on Friday night could could identify that Ray Epps was, was a, a fe- FBI Well, and you hear, you hear the people say, what? No, we don't want to go into the Capitol. No, he's right. like, no, we need to go into the Capitol. He, of course, does not go into the Capitol. Interestingly, and the Revolver.News again outlines this, what happens is, you know, the FBI put everybody's faces up, right? Operation Shock and Awe, they want to identify all of these people. And his picture is up there until Revolver.News started doing stories about him, right? And saying, what was this guy doing this for? Boom, his picture disappears. So not only was he not indicted, now that, I mean, if you wanted to say inciting going into the Capitol, that's pretty, it doesn't get much more evident than that. Right. Right. Um, Giving instructions to somebody to rush the barricade. Right. And telling people how to get to the Capitol and, and clearly over other people's protests saying, no, no, we need to go to the Capitol. Not only has he not been indicted, they're not looking for him anymore, which, which of course they know where to find him. So suddenly it's like, why aren't they going after him again? Because he is one of their assets. That's the only explanation. And Thomas, if we could now play the final video, the uh, Massey number one video, please. This is Representative Massey asking Garland about this. Without, I, I was hoping today to give you an opportunity to put to rest the concerns that people have that there were federal agents or assets of the federal government present on January 5th and January 6th. Can you tell us, without talking about particular incidents or particular videos, how many agents or assets of the federal government were present on January 6th, whether they agitated to go into the Capitol and if any of them did? So I'm not going to violate this norm of, uh, of, of uh, the rule of law. I'm not going to comment on an investigation that's ongoing. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I'm not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. So no, it's clear. norm that we give away that we're actually... And, and let me, the, a final piece of information that is alarming. There was actually an operation for this. The FBI called it Operation Cold Snap. Julie Kelly's done some good work with this. Basically, in the Whitmer case, the FBI Operation Cold Snap was targeting right-wing groups. So again, the head of the Detroit field office who was running Operation Cold Snap set up to target right-wing groups, okay, after the Whitmer case concluded, is then transferred to Washington, D.C., in between the time of the election and Biden being sworn in. So, and all of a sudden, that's when you start seeing all of this talk about right-wing militia groups. You see them calling them insurrectionists. You've got the mainstream corporate media trying to smack it down, any kind of conversation about this. And Tucker Carlson, I don't know what he's going to show um, in his documentary, but it is beyond hypocrisy well, that these people who have been promoting lies to us all of a sudden are like, oh, no, you can't rewrite their script. Well, I mean, the, the head of the Oath Keepers, um, Stuart Rhodes, apparently from the very beginning was an FBI informant. Was an FBI informant. So, so for the whole time, the people running Proud Boys, the people running the Oath Keepers were FBI agents and informants. I mean, they never were right-wing groups. I mean, they just entice, you know, innocent people which is what their want is, and try to get them involved in criminal activities so they can indict them. Right. I mean, there is no question that, that all these groups were really 
just formed uh, and directed and run by the FBI. You know, if you want to weigh in, 888-627-6008. We got, we got the rest of the show to talk about this and, and anything else we want to talk about. 888-627-6008. We'll read your comments. And if you want to go ahead and if you're on Zoom and you want to comment, just go ahead and either raise your hand or unmute yourself. Let me read some of these. Um, Sandra asked the exact question. And who assigned the FBI to infiltrate the January 6th insurrection? Hmm, Democrats? Um, Charlene, shock and awe is what we're all under right now. Um, beyond shock, the doctors are sexually transitioning children and all out assault on civilization. And that's absolutely true. And Charlene said, I had a feeling it was a false, I knew it was a false flag the day after it happened. Well, exactly, Charlene, because we've been watching them describe as peaceful protests, the Antifa rioters, right? As they burned down a city and nobody did anything. And then we saw what was going on at the Capitol. And all of a sudden, this is an insurrection more dangerous to the country than 9-11. You know, that's how you can tell somebody's a Twitter troll, right? When they just go crazy into the atmosphere. Um, It's a similar thing. They started this. You know, I'm going to, Sandra, this is my guess on it, that it is worse than it was the Democrats. I think you look, I I, I think it, it is the deep state. You look at all of the things that the FBI has been doing, the FBI signing and coming up, just the attack on President Trump. Right. The fake FISA warrants, lying to the courts, um, opening an investigation into Trump because they didn't like him um, because he threatened their world. You've got, you know, the Department of Justice, you've got the CIA, the intelligence communities. You have all of these people. And and I think it's scarier than it's the Democrats, because if it were just the Democrats, we could vote them out. Right. Um, the, right now, the Democrats. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's all. We can't talk about that either. Right now, the Democrats you know, they're, they're working for the Democrats. It works well, right? It's a partnership. Um, and the media and big tech. And the media and big tech. Because you know big tech is now going to start banning this. And that's why they want to be able to ban it. They want to call it insurrection. They want to say it's dangerous for the country. So then just like Facebook dangerous and YouTube. our democracy. Right. Just like they have to, you know, prohibit anybody from talking about ivermectin, right? Because that's going to kill people. Yeah. Um, they want to prevent anybody from talking about this. And it, again, it's, it'll work to a certain extent. That's why I think it's crucial among other things that Donald Trump's social media platform get up and running. Um, But we could go through and maybe we could talk about that a little bit. Some of the other things the FBI has done. I mean, this is, it's, it's not even just political. It's just bureaucracy, power, and money. Well, well, you question whether the FBI ever does anything. I mean, if they've got enough agents to, to uh, try to track down parents at school boards across the country uh, they're they're unbusy enough to send 13 agents down to look at a, a poll loop because it, it sort of kind of looks like a, a, a news at a NASCAR garage. Yeah, a NASCAR garage. 13 agents. I mean to, to track that down. Um, it, it's it's a it's an agency that's out of control. I'm just you know from top to bottom it's out of control. And they're part of the Justice Department, which is out of control. And you got a U.S. attorney who would, who in in Kentucky, who after Garland said his memo got put together or had uh, Maine Justice put together three pages of, of statutes you could indict 
people that parents on. It is it is going to get worse, and that's why I think it is important. I don't mean to be a donor on this Party Friday, but <laughs> but but they want to be able to use. They want to be able to arrest us. It starts off with just Facebook saying it's dangerous, and YouTube saying we're banning you because it's dangerous, and you're going to get people killed. And la la la. I mean, what Geraldo Rivera is, you know, Tucker Carlson is, you know, is out of control, and people are going to die. And la la. I, I mean, it's that's just Geraldo trying to be relevant. I think. Um, but but they trying want. Yeah, they're going to they're trying to use this and then it's going to move into, OK, well, you know, you, you it's more than you just can't post on social media. You can't talk at your school board meeting. No. You can't you, you express this view. So now we're going to come arrest you like the people who were just exercising their First Amendment rights, whether you agree with them or not, who are still in jail in Washington, D.C. over what essentially if it even gets charged, are going to be misdemeanor charges. Meanwhile, you've got a kid who shot at a school, did a school shooting. He's free. You've got Joe Biden saying, I don't even understand how this falls under gender equity, but you have to let people out on violent crimes, no cash or no cash bail. Right. But if you're a conservative, if you're questioning their script, okay, then they're going to not just clamor you. They're not just going to cancel you. I think the end game is to put you in jail as a lesson to everybody else. Well, they're already putting lots of people in jail and and, uh, except real criminals. Luckily, they've freed up the jails. They won't have plenty of space to put parents and average citizens in because there's lots of room because they let out the burglars, the murderers, the rapists um, and go all the way through. So it's it's an amazing process to watch a country really um, lose its bearing. And certainly the left, while it's screaming, you know, oh, they're killing our democracy. How are we killing democracy by Demanding that you don't have fraudulent voters. Yes, that's killing them. Well, or, or I mean, again, it, it, it is what they do. They just take something like they know the Christopher, this Christopher Steele dossier was a lie. I, I mean, right. everybody knows that it's been acknowledged. Everybody knows that um, they we know the New York Times even admitted there were FBI informants and assets there on January 6th. We saw that Ray Epps guy clearly urging people to go into the Capitol. And you can see from the crowd reaction, they weren't thinking about going into the Capitol. No, they were like, bad, you, bad, yeah, you bad. hear them going, what? No, we don't want to go into the Capitol. We're here to hear Donald Trump. Um, but they were the, he was one of probably many people, I suspect many people who was there to do that. And then they continued the line of the narrative. They continued, what did I read? It was something that was talking about nine people died after January, who are at Jan, who are at the cap on January six, have died. It's like clearly implying that they were killed by the, you know, the people who the Donald Trump supporters. There, I mean, which is they know that's not true, and yet they report it anyway. It, it, it's an amazing, it's an amazing deal, and it's it's just going to get worse. But I, I think the heads are going to explode when that um, three part series comes out. Uh, if that they'll do anything to try to stop that, and they're begging. Uh, Paul Ryan and, and the Murdochs and everybody else. Don't let the truth out. No. God, don't <laughs> let the truth out. In January, our January 6th false flag one has been our best since Our insurrection up. hoax. Yeah, we've been great with that. Yeah. Even though most Americans actually don't even care, really. I mean, no. most Americans are have seen the video or have seen or have moved on and they're actually way more worried about grocery prices and things like that. But again, you got to think, what is going on at the FBI that they that they think the, the Whitmer case is just one of many examples. So 12 of the people who were in this move to kidnap her, and by the way, they talked in there, they had FBI assets pushing them to storm the capital right. of Michigan. 
in, right? Yeah, Similar right. kind same of thing, right? same thing, really. Twelve of the eighteen people were 16, F- 16, 16 were FBI agents or FBI informants. So without the even F- Saturday Night Live had a big joke where he goes, but, oh, "You're under arrest. I'm FBI." Well, no, you're not. I'm FBI. I'm FBI. No, and it's like, so what's going on with an agency where they can, and as you said, it, you've been, we've seen it and you've been talking about it for a while, going on after 9-11 with people. So they'll find some guy who's got a Muslim sounding name and not even Muslim sounding really, but sitting home in his basement and they start, you know, he maybe Googles jihad or something like that. Then boom, they start sending him information. They start saying, hey, you want to make a bomb? I'll help you make a bomb. Here's a bomb. Here's a bomb. And the guy could even go, I don't want to make a bomb. And then they say, well, come look at it. And he does. And then boom, they arrest him. Like literally, yeah. I mean, that kind of thing has happened, um, and yet then they ignore other things, right? They ignore the guy, the the um, doctor who was sexually assaulting all of those gymnasts. Yes, right. It's not, and that's not incompetence. They knew it and they ignored it. Well, no, no, they ignored it, but they pretended they were. They told the families. They were investigating, getting to the bottom of it when they're doing no such thing. We, Chuck and I did this story with serial killer Scott Lee Kimball here yes, in Colorado, yes. where the FBI knew that Scott Lee Kimball was a serial killer and did nothing about it. They were just using his, him as an informant in drug cases. They had the family members come and they lied to the family members. The family members said, we think he was involved. And they're like, no, no, no. no, no we I mean, so we know the FBI does that. And you've got to be... I think we just all have to be aware that this is an agency. And I'm sorry, Sean Hannity, it's not just the 90% of them are good men. No, this is, this is an agency that is totally corrupt, that feels as if it can do whatever it wants, whenever it wants. It can target anyone who asks questions. I think they're not targeting white supremacists or right-wing groups because I think they're white supremacists. They're targeting right-wing groups because we're the people asking questions and they want to shut us up. And he can be black and conservative and try to shut you up, too. Right. Um, Sandra asks, you can read it because you've got the glasses. Okay, don't mean to change the subject, but do we see the video of the Kentucky high school where some of the high school kids were giving lab dances to the administrators and teachers? It was sick. Another subject to talk about at some point. Our schools are outright crazy. Yeah, and it was boy students, too. So I'm not sure what that was all about. It was- well, what it was all about is a boy in a dress or a slip, and he was giving another partially called women. And this guy was the principal of the school as well as the mayor of the town. And so that's a level of just disgustingness that our schools have become. But you're, you're right, the dogs, are, but you're right, Sandra. I mean, we've been talking about that for a while to do a whole story on, um, um, uh, on the sexualization of our children and what that's all about and why all of a sudden, as Tucker Carlson has, are the, is a transgender community running the country. Right. I mean, that it's like, how did that happen? And how do we get our common sense back? Um, but this is so if we so if you don't like we can, again, 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. Wanted to also talk about since it is party Friday, another Chuck is right. That's it's just so tiresome. <laughs> Actually, it is tiresome. It's annoying. It's annoying sometimes. I don't even argue with him. I don't know if you guys saw this story out of Racine, Wisconsin. Um, again, keep in mind, election election fraud is, is a hoax. We have gold standard elections in this country. You're a liar and you're going to go to jail and you're dangerous, promoting dangerous information if you question the election. Um, well, it turns out to be not the case. Do you want to explain it or do you want me to? No, I will. Um, the, the sheriff investigated about nursing homes. It was, uh, we brought up numerous times that here in Colorado, they go to nursing homes, get all sovereign patients to do it, to vote. Uh, last time, you see that, to have one Republican, one Democrat, they did away with that. 
and so the staff of these of these nursing homes are just vote for the for these Alzheimer patients. So in Racine, Wisconsin, the sheriff investigated it and he recommended criminal charges be brought against the Wisconsin Electoral Commission because they changed the rules to allow um, the voting, and I'm sure it's the staff at the at the hospital right. being paid get out the vote. Um, right. They have at least seven people who have no mental capacity to fill out a ballot or know who they're for or anything else who voted. Um, he recommended they be indicted, um, and the commission called an urgent meeting. Um, yeah. Right. Well, you and Chuck has been that, saying that for a while, and I've people, been saying that for a long years, time. and people say, "No, no, that well, doesn't happen." So, so what happened here is it it came out because one of the family members of one of the women who had voted right. said she found out that her mother her 92 year old mother had voted and she said my mother doesn't even recognize me my mother and right. my mother's blind she right. said there's no way my mother legitimately voted she's not capable of it right. so they started looking into it and they found that this was a nursing home where typically like one or two people would vote but this time because they had people go in to get their votes to right. bail at harvest right. they had some, like a 40 or something like that, a significant number. And in addition, what they found is we're normally um, maybe zero or at the most three people, and this is going back decades, well, not decades, but years and years, would ask for mail-in ballot. In this case, they had all, all kinds of people ask for mail-in ballots. And they found, again, with investigating, they found significant number of the people. Um, the family members said, no, they couldn't have legitimately voted. I mean, they, they're, they're incomp- they're, they are incapable um, of making a decision like that. They're not physically capable. They're not mentally capable. So uh, this is just one nursing home and, in one state. Um, it certainly happens here in Colorado, I'm told. Um, and it certainly happens that it's an average, it's a, it's a technique the Democrats have to rig, rig elections. Um, but we have the gold standard here in Colorado. And so what do you think will happen in Racine? Nothing. 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 No. Well, and here's from Sandra. I believe there are quite a few stories that show this is happening quite a lot. There are, Sandra, and he, this is why, and it, it all ties together, this is why people like George Soros are so eager to fund local sheriff races, local um, election clerk races, local well, district attorney, that, local attorney general races. Zuckerberg plants Democratic operatives with his own money into electoral uh, offices in order to run uh, democratic uh, operations. Operations, right? So, so let's say let's say that that that's great. Sheriff Reams in Weld County discovered something like that had happened in Weld County, right? Well, now he's got to go to Attorney General, you know, Weiser, who's a, a Democrat operative himself. Well, he could go to the local DA, but who knows who that? Well, is. that's why they fund those. That's why they fund yeah, that. Yeah. So you're right. So I mean, what will happen is probably nothing. And again, anyone who reports it, it's going to be labeled as fake news, you're going to be shut down, you can't question it. Um, you know, I mean, and that's the thing, you, you know, when they're lying, and when you're it, not even it, allowed to ask questions. If they do this, what else do you think they do? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, well, exactly. If, if they would have an agent instigating a riot at the Capitol, I mean, yeah, there was, if they would lie and lie to a judge to get warrants to spy on a sitting president because they didn't like him. I mean, th- there is no end, I think, to what they would do. If they would imprison without bail people who are exercising their First Amendment right at the Capitol because they didn't like their political views or they felt threatened. I, I mean, there is no end, I think, to what they wouldn't do. Yeah, there is no end to what they wouldn't do. Um, and then they can say they're destroying our democracy, <laughs> the democracy of dementia patients in, in old age homes and 
it's just, it's just they really are evil people. There's, there's no other way to describe these people except as evil. You know, and, and, and then, then they, they believe that the, the Republicans are, are trying to destroy our democracy, our very special democracy. Well, you're right. You're, yeah. you're, you're rewriting that script, Chuck, and you can't rewrite the script. They work very hard on that script with yeah, the Hollywood right. producers, too. Yeah. So, so there's that kind of thing going on. And again, you know, you try to talk to somebody in, about election issues. And if they're on the left side, they're just, all they do is they just keep stomping their foot. It's like, you know, I would never, of course, do this. But sometimes if you're in an argument with your husband, he's turning out to be correct. Mm-hmm. If you just stomp it and say, you just don't understand my feelings or something that has nothing to do with it. It's, it's like that. They just, they're, yeah, exactly. You stomp your foot and then they say, you, you stomp your foot and they say, you're a lie. It's a lie. It's a big lie. It's a big lie. You're a radical. You're a white supremacist. You're racist. That's what you are. You're racist by God. So. So uh, the other thing I wanted to kind of go over for, for a second is over the last few days, Peter's mentioned my name quite a few times. Peter Boyles uh, at KNUS. At KNUS, who we're friends with and good friends with, but um, certainly these days we do not agree with politically. Um, about John Eason. I represent John Eason along with Randy Colton his firm. John Eastman was one of Trump's lawyers. Was, was Trump's lawyer and has come into enormous hot water. Um, fake again lies fake, yeah, fake, fake hot water yeah i mean that he says one thing in the privately and then another which is bs and and it, you know he had a memorandum they only quoted part of and they, they don't actually they're trying say, to make him be an insurrectionist too yeah yeah call him for january 6th commission stuff but uh peter noted he said i don't know if i still believed in the big lie oh they can't hear you got it we're not this mic isn't working so oh, you okay it. Sorry. uh whether um I wasn't sure if I still believe in the big lie. I mean, it's coming out more and more the election was rigged, not less and less, as evidenced by the Racine sheriff. Um, but then he said, you know, I had offered to have him debate Eastman, uh, which is absolutely true. Um, and I told him, I said, look, you know, we need money to, to uh, be able to file this lawsuit against CU. Um, you can take half the money, keep it yourself, or give it to whoever you want, to whatever charities you want to. You can give it to Antifa, or you can give it to Black Lives Matter. If you, and he took great embers that I would suggest. <laughs> keep it or keep it yourself. Yeah, keep it yourself. Um, and he declined said, no, no, I don't want to do that. Now he said, well, maybe I'd do that now. You know, kind of like, you didn't have the courage to do it then. Why don't you? <laughs> why should anybody believe you if you want to do it now? I mean, you should have said, hey, I'd be happy to be. Like, yeah, if you can arrange it get get the mayor of glendale to be the moderator we could have a well and what a they, great old debate um but john eastman he, he indicates on the air that john eastman has been found more guilty and of course it's just the opposite he's found less guilty of anything but they you know they can't stand well, anything of, stands up for trump right well exactly and again they have to quash it and, and if you followed any of that john eastman stuff what they're they're saying is um that he was citing the insurrection he was planning the coup and that's not true i mean we've actually talked to john eastman about it he was as trump's lawyer explaining what legal options there were he wasn't saying you should do this and he was saying if there is evidence that comes up here is what your options are he wasn't saying i've seen the evidence i have the evidence and planting the evidence nothing like that but but again you have to learn to listen closely to some of the things that they're saying and what they're not saying and 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 anytime they just are like lie 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 tucker carlson we haven't even seen his show and we're already saying he's destroying america and rupert murdoch you know needs to be stopped and and i don't know why they're dragging rupert so it's a similar (laughs) well why rupert murdoch do you think 
Well, they're trying to get some Murdochs to, they control the corporation to, to squash the show. Yes. Well, when Sandra said, yes, Peter and his sidekick, Billy both did. Um, Oh, and Dr. Donna, there's, I, I don't mind saying, there's a medical doctor that advertises on her show. Um, her name, it's, it, she's with Cenogenics, um, C-E-N-E-G-E-N-I-X. Um, and if you just Google Denver Cenogenics, it's Dr. Julie McCallum. Yeah, I, I, I don't have her number here, I, it, it, but it's, no, I, oh, I do. Oh, <laughs> hang on. Everyone else who wants it, 720-387-3681. Three six eight one is the phone number for Dr. Julie McCallum. She's great. We love her. We love her. Tell her, tell her we. Yeah, tell her. Tell her you heard her about it on us. Um, but yeah, so I think you know with Peter, he is, and, and I don't. You want to spell Cenogenics? Um, C E. Hang on. C E N E G E N I X. Cenogenics. Um, yeah, not X. No, it's X. It's X. Um, but anyway, back to, uh, our doorbell is ringing. It's UPA. It's it's, it's Amazon. I, I have to admit it's it. It's a feds. It's a feds. That's right. They're coming to get our show. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't waste any time on that. They didn't waste any time on that. Hey, and another thing I have news. Chuck, I haven't really talked to you about this. Oh, okay, um, sure. And I'm stealing this. I have to confess from the conservative mama. Um, Chuck and I are going to be moving to Mexico. Um, we're going to move down there, stay with my cousin for a while, and then we're going to come back illegally. And so we won't have to get a vaccine. Um, and also we can get that $450,000. It's up to a million now. It's up to a million now. So we can get a million dollars. That's why we're coming into the country. That's right. That's right. Um, so that's what we're going to do. So you know, we'll still do the. I'm kidding, of course. We'll still do the show. But can you believe that? It's just when you think things can't get more crazy. And it's like the Biden administration is deliberately trying to sink itself, too. It's like right. with everything else going around. OK, so they're treating parents as domestic terrorists. Hunter is, you know, that's why Biden was talking to the Pope, I read a tweet. He's trying to convince him to let Hunter repaint the Sistine Chapel yeah, right, <laughs> and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> um, updated. Updated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Hunter has, he draws, he has a lot of experience with naked talent, figures too, and right? naked women. So at any rate, um, but no, I lost where I was going with it. Oh, so they've got all this other stuff going on. You've got the border crisis. It's not a crisis. The supply chain. Even Apple and Amazon are saying, uh, guys, we just want to prepare you. We may not be able to get stuff. Um, and so then he says, I know what will make people happy. I'm going to suggest that I give a million dollars now, a million dollars mm-hmm. to illegal immigrants who came into the country illegally who felt that they were traumatized yeah, so by, the by, by the experience. And it's like, so how many of them do you think, let's say, okay, if you're an illegal immigrant and you were feeling traumatized raise your hand right if there's a million dollars on the table and that's just say you're one of those thousands of people coming in the caravan um from mexico with the qr yeah, yeah, codes yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean who organized that and they're like guys we can go if we're traumatized we, we can get, get, we get a million dollars <laughs> now meanwhile if you're a military person who has served in the american military and you don't want to get the vaccine for religious health or just whatever reasons you're going to be fired and lose all of your benefits right um and i mean it's just it's outrageous what they're going through and you know, somebody was saying, oh, they would never do that. No, and I'm like, no. sure they will. I mean, what makes us think they wouldn't do that? You know, you need to leap forward. I mean, what makes us think they wouldn't do that? Right, right. Unbelievable. So that and, and Tuesday, if if a young kid pulls it out and, and they can't steal enough, uh, they hired Mark Ellis. Everybody said, well, that was to bring Elias. litigation, Elias. 
bring litigation afterward. But the conservative treehouse, I think, correctly said, is to is to put up le legal barriers to stop people from questioning the ballot harvesting. I think that's exactly what he's hired for, not to argue about things after the election, but to justify and, and to uh, armor plate the, the crooked ballot harvesting. Right. Well, I, I, yeah. And, and it's, you know, do you want to say, did they steal it? And I, you know, I, I've been saying for a while, I think that the question is, did they rig it? And Molly Hemingway has that great book out, Rigged, in which she explains exactly how they rigged it. Like in Racine, what they, how they rigged it in Racine is the, previously, you couldn't have these people go into the nursing homes, right, right? right? Now, keep in mind, this is also going on at a time where if you were a family member and your parent was dying, you couldn't go into the yeah, nursing right, home. Right, you right. couldn't go see your loved one. But the election commission changed the rules specifically to allow people to go into the nursing homes. And again, you've got the money coming in from Zuckerberg and other Democrat operatives to find the people to go do it. Now, Republicans, we got to wake up that this is going on, right? We, we got to either stop well, it or start Rob, doing it. I don't... Buck, we got the uh, gold standard here and they did the exact same thing we did in Racine and other places. I mean, it's just, it's just disgusting how our Republican Party just says, oh, this, you know, the Colorado Republican Party is Mm. I tell you, it's in, it's in pretty sad shape well, at times. But you're fighting. We're fighting. We're fighting. Hopefully, you I'm won't fighting. be, Chuck won't be redistricted out of this. I will be redistricted. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's a foregone conclusion. Let's see this from Charlene, New York, back to the vaccine. New York union workers are coming out against the vaccine mandates. Um, I saw that a federal judge, I thought, issued an injunction saying that they couldn't kick out people from the military uh, who had claimed a religious exemption. You've got a ton of New York uh, police and fire people. I think their deadline is tonight who are saying we're not getting the vaccine. You've got Randy Corcoran who's filed a lawsuit on behalf of Denver police saying they shouldn't be able, they shouldn't be forced to get the vaccine. Um, you've Randy's got, show should be a good one uh, tomorrow. Yeah. I think he's also, because he was prominently mentioned on Peter's show. So I think he's going to get his side of it, which should be interesting. Um, and, and then the whole John Eastman thing. And then finally, on Party Friday, this isn't really a party topic, but it, it's, yeah. it, it's gossipy. I wanted to give you, I'm going to make a prediction because Chuck is always right. He was the one who was talking about all the nursing home election stuff. I'm going to predict on the rust shooting. So I was thinking about this and I'm like, okay, I'm the DA. Um, what's the politically safe thing for the DA to do? You know, if she says, look, I'm not going to charge anyone, she's, everyone's going to holler at her, right? Um, on the other hand, you don't want to overcharge people because then everybody's going to holler at you from the other side. I predict what she's going to do is take the whole thing to a grand jury. Now, she's going to direct how the grand jury goes. I predict that Alex Baldwin the um, armor woman and then the assistant director are all going to be indicted on some kind of something. And, and I think that there will be criminal charges. Um, I think she's not going to do it herself. That would be, and I don't know her, so maybe I'm slandering her, but in my experience, a lot of DAs would not make that move themselves. They but, would but, take but it to a grand jury. Are, are not a safety net. They're, no. It's supposed to be a safety net for, for citizens, not a safety net for DAs, but they can, the old saying goes, you can die to hand sandwich. So wherever, however she wants him to do, she can make him do usually. Right. That's right. Um, yeah. And then as Sandra said, and then reduced sentences. Um, okay. This from just a couple of comments here. Cause I love reading these. Um, I was redistricted out. So um, does Chuck have a candidate for a state? Does a candidate for a state have to live in their district by Tuesday if they want to run next year? I don't know. I think that's right. I'm not sure. Unless it's congressional district, right? You can like. Yeah, congressional district. You can live you in like. You don't have. You could live. We have to live in the state. But other okay. Than that, yeah. Um, 
yeah. So yeah, so state house, I think you do have to live in that district. I don't know what the time limit is on that, Donna. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, back to my prediction then, I suspect that there will be a grand jury on that and that there will be criminal indictments handed down. And I suspect if I can figure that out, all of them can figure it out and their lawyers certainly could figure it out. So I think that everyone's going to quit talking to them pretty quick. All right, everybody. It's end of our show and time to really get out there and party, which we certainly <laughs> will plan to do. So have a great weekend and we'll talk to you Monday. Remember, you can catch all of the shows at chuckandjulie.com. You can subscribe to us, get the newsletter. Um, if you want to be a patron, which we truly appreciate all of you who do that, you can do that by going to our show link at bbsradio at bbsradio.com. Thank you to everybody listening. Thank you. Thank you to Thomas TJ and the great guys at BBS. And we'll see you Monday. See you Monday.